and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Silverette. Have you ever struggled with sore or cracked nipples while nursing your baby? Silverette nursing nur- Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Softies nursing pads are three pairs of soft, absorbent, and reusable nursing pads to protect against leaks. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you ever need anything, head to our sponsor page at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and see if you can give them any of your business. Uh, While you're there, scroll down and enter your email address, and we'll send these episodes straight to your inbox every week. And then don't leave badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com without checking our shop page and checking out our merch that we designed ourselves. And I want to remind you of our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews on iTunes or other podcast apps where you're able to leave reviews. Every single person who writes a review and sends us a screenshot of your review, we will send you a Badass Breastfeeding Podcast stickers and a pack of Thank You for Nursing in Public Empowerment cards. You can just send that screenshot along with your address over to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And um, if you're not able to leave a review or participate in that giveaway, head to the Badass Breastfeeder on Instagram, where I will host giveaways ongoing. And I want to remind you again, I reminded you last week that it is Native American Heritage Month, and we would love it if you would check out our episode with the creator of Indigenous Milk Medicine Week, Jaysha Lyons Echo Hawk. It is a really awesome episode. And it'll be in the show notes. Yes. And uh, because Diane is our show notes master warrior, the show notes warrior. <laughs> I do put time into the show notes, so please read them. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> They're funny sometimes, too. Like, sometimes I'm cracking up. Like, Diane is like, Diane's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Diane's sarcastic. Is what Diane yes. is. Yeah. And Diane also has our review of the week. Yes. Where hopefully she'll I do. bring the humor and the sarcasm. Uh, it no comes, pressure. I know, right? Oh my God. Comes from our iTunes and where, you know, nobody left this for us, which was absolutely wonderful because it does help the podcast. I cannot, I truly cannot express enough thanks for Abby and Diane for the time they spend spreading the truth about breastfeeding. With nowhere to get the most helpful information about breastfeeding, I wouldn't have had such a successful breastfeeding experience with my son. I got to do it my way for as long as my son and I wanted, with confidence and support to know that my way was the best way for us. They covered literally every topic, even when I didn't know I needed a topic to be covered. And just as we were finishing weaning, Abby and Diane surprised me again with the perfect episode about post-weaning experiences. Without this show and these women and this information, I literally would not have breastfed my son successfully for 17 months. Endless thank yous to you and the community of women doing their best every day. That's all we can do. So much love for this approach and for you. Thank you. Um, this is wonderful. Badass. Yes. And congratulations on 17 months because that is freaking hard to do. Let me that tell is you. It's really hard to do. And not yes. very many people do it. Because no. It's so hard. You are definitely in the minority. 
Um, I think more and more people are starting to, at least in our little community that all of you are part of while you're listening. Um, I think people are starting to really, with the education, doing more. And that's fantastic um, because that was our focus, right? Like, this is what we wanted. We wanted people to be educated. We wanted people to be like, this is what I want for us and Mm -hmm. to be able to make that happen. So congratulations to you. Um, That's amazing. And again, you can put them on iTunes or anywhere where you can put wherever, if you're listening on something other than iTunes and you can do a review there, absolutely do it. And um, send us a screenshot. Abby already went through all that. So I'm not going to do it again, but you know, you know what to do. You, you know, know how it do. is. Yeah. We've already started getting some. So don't feel like, um, you know, don't feel like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, ask for stickers and you know, yeah, you do do it. People you are do. doing it and you can do it too and do it. Yeah. Stickers are it helps cute. us and we'll send you stuff. We'll yeah. Win. I know. I'm going to start sending stuff out today. Oh, cool. So we are talking today about delayed onset low milk. And where did this come from? Somebody oh, asked, it came right? From a, oh, crap. Oh, I should have had it ready to go. See if um, you can find it and I'll talk about you talk about it. I'll say when this person sent me this, I had never heard of it. I oh, was like, really? Yeah. I was like, are they just making this up? <laughs> so I had to Google it and I'm like, oh, it's a thing. They made it up just so we could have some kind of something so, to talk yeah, about. Content. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let so me look for it. The message. I, I have, um, I heard of it. Um, but when I was researching, doing a little research and I mean, just because I've heard of stuff doesn't mean that I automatically know what to talk about. So sometimes I need a little bit of like, you know, reading around stuff to to see. And I also like to look at stuff that's going to piss me off. And then, you know, that helps too. So <laughs> it's good to know what bad information is out there too, so that we can correct it. It really is. But when I was doing this, and I actually almost sent you a message, Abby, because there is like two things here. And When you sent that message to me, I automatically thought delayed onset low milk. Somebody that's been nursing their baby for a couple of months and has experienced a drop in supply. That is what I think of as delayed onset low milk. And that is what a lot of times that's what it is defined as. Um, What is also out there under delayed milk is when your milk is slow to come in and from the start, like your baby's like a couple days old and your milk isn't in yet. That is like delayed onset milk too. So it's important to know what we're talking about. And we'll probably only talk about one at this episode and then maybe another episode we can talk about the other. Um, Okay. I found the message. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So this is what I was sent. Can you do an episode on delayed onset low milk supply? I find all the low milk supply stuff is about newborns and I'm struggling to apply it to my three-month-old. And so I said, that's a great idea. Can you send me what your experience is and other questions that you have so that we can, you know, form an episode? Um, And so she replied, I just feel like every time I look up info on low supply, the advice is always for newborns. So about how to keep them awake while feeding, newborn hunger cues, how much they should gain in a day, slows down after three months, et cetera. And the causes of delayed onset milk supply are also so different. I felt feel very, very guilty for it because it feels like I wasn't feeding her enough. 
The specialist I saw explained, though, that when my daughter was first born, I had an oversupply. And so her shallow latch didn't matter. But then as my milk supply stabilized, her latch meant she wasn't transferring efficiently. So my supply took a hit. It got worse when I switched to nursing from one side of feed recommended me to me for gas. And then worse again when she started doing long stretches of sleep at night. Mm. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. Yeah, so yeah. So delayed onset, I think she means after a few months. Yeah, so the, and that's what I thought. And so then, yeah, and what are yeah. what are like and how does that happen and what do you do and you know, what do you yeah. So in her situation, it sounds like, and this is, I've definitely seen this too. And I do talk to parents about this. If I'm seeing it happen, like as a newborn, um, some babies will like, if mom has an oversupply, if we find that, that the parent has an oversupply, she got a lot of milk um, and the baby is gaining just fine that we tend to overlook a lot of things, right? We tend to overlook pain we tend to overlook you know problems with the latch we tend to overlook like you know like suck dysfunction things like that because the baby can just get the milk and i have seen this happen a lot and then those parents come to me which you know is fine i would never want it any other way but they come to me and they're like okay now the baby stopped gaining well because by you know a couple of months Now the supply is starting to like you had that oversupply in the beginning. And now because the latch has been so bad, it caused a hit on the supply because your body is going to react to what the baby is doing. So now we've got this, you know, bad latch for a couple of months and your supply is just kind of like taking a hit from that. And parents come to me and it's like the baby's not gaining well. And then we find all these problems of and it's like, oh. You know, like, how, mm-hmm. wh- why didn't we know this before? Um, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating for everybody involved. Like, I've had parents that I've been like, this should never have come this far. We should have never gotten to the point where you're two or three months, your baby is two or three months old, and we're just recognizing what this problem is because the milk supply was so good that everybody just ignored everything else. Yeah. Like, that is a problem. Yeah. And so, I feel I, I yeah. this was not I don't I would I I'm maybe this is what was going on with us too, because we were supplementing from right. the beginning, which I right. feel like is something else that can just go on for we were months in. And I'm like, how do I get out of this cycle? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we're gonna talk about that too, because that's on my list. But they um, and a lot of times, you know, parents will go to the pediatrician and be like, this is uh, breastfeeding is very painful. It's mm-hmm. very painful. Um, you know, I'm having a lot of pain. So, well, the baby's or, you know, is there a tongue tie? Like, oh, yeah, there's a little bit of a tongue tie, but it shouldn't impact things. It's fine. Um, the baby's gaining fine. So we're not going to worry about it. Um, and then we yeah. find out that it absolutely was impacting things or that painful latch means the baby's not latched well and that is going to impact your milk supply over time. So for the pediatricians or anybody to tell you, but the baby's gaining well, so it's okay. A good, I tell people all the time, a good milk supply will mask a lot of problems. And then my poor speech therapist that um, I send all these babies to that are having like suck dysfunction issues and stuff that we're finding at the age of 
two or three months, they're like, why are we not getting these babies earlier? Because I mean, they, it can be reversed. Like we can help them, but it's easier when they're newborn. You know, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. easier to address these things when they're newborn. So sometimes this kind of stuff will absolutely tank supply because there's problems. It's a problem. Like it's a problem if they're not nursing well. And when they're not nursing well, you don't really know it if because they're gaining fine or you just kind of ignore it because they're gaining fine. Yeah. So that will absolutely tank supply. Or you get ignored because they're yes. gaining fine. Yeah, exactly. You get ignored because they're, they're gaining. You're exactly right. Um, supplementing will absolutely impact supply. And this can kind of go hand in hand, like, cause sometimes we'll see this drop in supply too, like right around this, like, you know, two, three months mark, uh, because parents are going back to work too. So when you go back to work and you're relying very heavily on pumping, pumping does not trigger supply the way the baby does. So Sometimes people really have to work a lot harder to keep their supply where they need it to be because of that change. Um, and that is really frustrating. Or you're, you know, starting to supplement, which is going to take away from breastfeeding. Overfeeding at daycare or babysitters while you're at work, that will absolutely impact your supply. Um, and I know we have an episode, we have, I think we have an episode on that, but. That will absolutely impact your supply too, because now the baby's what? not going to. F- what specifically were you on when babies are overfed, and then that impacts your supply? I think we talk oh. about that in the overfeeding episode. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it really, you know, if babies are being overfed by bottle, like in a daycare setting or a babysitting setting, or they're being supplemented by bottle, um, they're not going to nurse well when they get back yeah. with you. So that will, over time, impact your supply because they're not. They're not, and just, you know, just because you're pumping at work doesn't mean that that's enough. We need the babies to nurse when they're home with you so that we're still triggering supply. You sleep train too early. If you're somebody who is, you know, looking to sleep train their baby or um, your baby is sleeping, you know, very, very long stretches and not feeding overnight early, like in the first month or two, or you're not getting up to feed them yourself, that will impact your supply. So one of the things that I think is pretty interesting um, that I read when I was doing this, that a lot of people are going to go, oh, so often what can happen, and I know we have a, um, we have an episode on like when it's really not low milk supply and that's stuff like your body is starting to regulate supply um, and you don't feel as full. And a lot of times people go, oh my gosh, my supply is gone. But that's not really what's happening. Your supply is just kind of regulating. If your baby is still content, they're gaining fine, you're watching their diapers and they're not, you know, they're not having decreased output, then your baby's fine. It's okay. Or you're not pumping as much. Sometimes people panic, right? They'll be like, I pumped eight ounces yesterday and now I'm only pumping five. It's still more than you need. So it's fine. Like it's totally okay. Right. And it's normal and natural for your supply to like regulate when you get to like three, four months. So this is from, and I can link it in the show notes because it is a good site, um, Breastfeeding USA. And um, they say that lactation consultant 
Karen Grace Clark points out that when the baby is about three months old, milk production stops being controlled by the mother's postpartum hormones and starts being controlled by the information that the body has gathered during the previous weeks of breastfeeding. If the baby nursed infrequently in those early weeks, the milk production may decrease at this point because there were not enough milk making factories created to match the baby's needs. When your baby is feeding a lot in the beginning, feeding on demand, feeding overnight, feeding, feeding, feeding like they do in the beginning where we're going, oh my God, this baby is on me all the time. They're setting up their supply. And we talk about that all the time, right? We tell me like yeah. they're getting, you know, they're telling your body what they need. They're setting up the supply. They're getting those receptors set up to continue making this milk for, for them. But when they're not, we're not triggering that, your body starts slowing down that production. So when you get to like three months, your body starts to regulate again. And if, if they think, you know, if your body thinks you don't need this milk supply, it's mm-hmm. going to like slow down that supply. So it is pretty normal for things to regulate at that age. And it doesn't mean that your supply is gone, but you might not feel as full because it is regulated. And that's okay. You're not supposed to feel full all the time. That's right. totally fine. Totally that's okay. That's good because feeling full all the time is that's too much milk. Yes. And that's going to lead uh, to problems. Absolutely. Um. So let's do our break and then we'll talk about some other things that can like totally interrupt us. Okay. We'll be right back. Have you struggled with sore or cracked nipples while nursing your baby? Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution to soothe and protect your nursing nipples. Since silver is a naturally antimicrobial and antifungal metal, It can help ward off bacteria and infections before they appear. Silver, a naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, and antibacterial metal, contains potent anti-inflammatory properties that can be used to heal and prevent cuts, cracks, soreness, wounds, and infections. Silverette are the original and authentic silver nursing cups, both clinically tested and registered with the FDA, because your nipples deserve the best. Join us on Mission Happy Nipples. Use code BADASS for 15% off of your order at Silverette USA. That's silver, S-I-L-V-E-R-E-T-T-E, USA.com. And today's episode is brought, also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Leaking can be a constant struggle that some parents deal with, especially in those early months. Leaking through your shirt is not another hassle you want to be dealing with. And those disposable nursing pads add up in cost and garbage. The Milky Softies nursing pads are designed to help you dry, keep you dry and comfortable. These pads are three layers, a natural fiber layer against your skin that wicks moisture away and is soft enough to wear even with sore nipples. Then an ultra inner ultra absorbent layer and finally a microbe leak resistant layer on the outside. The Milky Softies Nursing Pads pad is contoured to your body so that it doesn't look or feel bulky in your bra. The box comes with three pairs of these reusable and machine washable nursing pads. Check out Milky's Softies Nursing Pads at Fairhaven Health, F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N Health.com. And use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And our sponsors and the promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com 
or wherever you're listening from, check out those show notes. And badass at badassbreastfeeding.com, you will find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane, where you can talk about your low milk supply. I Can I say something? Of course. <laughs> so I remember we did this low milk supply episode um, a while ago. It was, what, what, what was it called? It was dealing with low milk supply. And we talked about in that episode, we talked about primary low milk supply and secondary low milk supply. And I believe, I'll get them mixed up in my head, but I believe primary is like, there's some sort of medical situation that is preventing you from creating a full milk supply. Oh yeah. I remember this. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like maybe breast reduction or sure. Or like that. What's the IGT, the insufficient glandular tissue or glandular tissue. Sometimes like PCOS. Yeah. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Um, sometimes we will. so, So, you know, that situation, and then secondary milk supply is like there's something going on, like a bad latch or ties or the things that we're talking about here that are creating like your body's you're having a difficult time. Your body is capable of having a full milk supply, but there's something that is wrong that, you know, your body's not getting the message to make all of that milk. Right. And so th- we're talking about here. What we're talking about here in this episode would not be primary milk supply. Right. Because people hear people experiencing this delayed onset kind of maybe they had um, a full milk supply. Yeah. And, you know, it's slowed down now or, you know, have struggled this whole time. Maybe. Well, no, because it's delayed. So it's it's you know, it's kind of past that. So we're not talking about a situation where people aren't able to create a full milk supply. Right. This they had a, a supply and it, yeah. and it declined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is this is specifically people that like were, you know, going around feeding, having, you know, thinking that everything was fine. Um, and then their milk supply, they feel like their milk supply is just not where it needs to be anymore. Um, this is definitely like this is frustrating because as IBCLCs, we're kind of like, if people come to us and be like, okay, my, you know, my supplies tank, like we got to find like, what is going on? Because something happened, right? Like something, cause your supply doesn't just go away. And it's contrary right. to popular belief. People think yeah. like, oh, I woke up, my milk supply was gone. And it's like, it really isn't how it happens. But something, you know, something's going on here. The other things that I do see that, that can happen are medical issues, but maybe they're things that came up after. So mm-hmm. things like thyroid, like sometimes thyroid issues happen after pregnancy. Um, and then it's like, okay, could it be a thyroid issue? You know, that's that's kind of gone awry over the last couple of months and it hasn't been checked and now it's causing problems. Is that is that what's going on? It could be um a birth control. And sometimes what I see with birth controls is, you know, because people get sometimes will get birth control right around that, you know, two, three month mark. Um, maybe they went in for their six week check and got birth control. Maybe they, you know, 
went in for an eight week check and got whatever. Um, but sometimes that can start right around, you know, two, three months and that is impacting your milk supply. But you don't think it is because somebody told you it won't. Yeah. I see that. I do see that where people are like, but no, I have an IUD. They said it wouldn't impact my supply. Um, we're not, They're people wrong. are not, everybody's different, right? Like everybody is different. And just because it says on the little pamphlet insert that it's not going to affect milk supply doesn't mean that your hormones are not going to be like, what the fuck's going on here? And totally switch things up on you. Like it really just depends. I have absolutely seen IUDs impact milk supply. Absolutely. Mm. So sometimes it could be something like that, but that's not what you think because you were told, no, that's not going to happen. Um, so that is something to think about as well, which, you know, if you see a lactation consultant, they're going to definitely ask you like, okay, did you start any of these things? Have you taken a medication recently? Started a medication that you did not realize could impact milk supply. Um, that is something that, you know, that can happen as well that you're just like, didn't realize that 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 was going to be the side effect of it. Um, it is, it is frustrating. The, in the message that she sent you, she also mentioned feeding on one side because of gas. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I get that, but I mean, I get it, but I don't know that I would. I, I don't know. Like, okay. So what she was doing there is because she had a lot of milk, the baby was probably getting too much milk or gulping a lot with all that milk mm. and getting gas with that. So she was told, oh, only feed on one side. It'll help get rid of the gas. I mean, what you're doing when you only feed on one side per breast or per feeding, one breast per feeding, you are slowing down your milk supply. So somebody with a lot of milk, if you have a lot of milk, that might be one of the suggestions because it will slow down your milk supply. It'll help to calm it down a little bit. So it probably did help with the gas situation. I don't know. That's not the reason why she told you to do it. Probably it was probably more to calm your supply down, but that could have, you know, calmed it down a little too much. Um, and you're, I mean, it really is very dependent on, you know, everybody is different. So it could be that that did impact supply as well. Um, but it sounds more like there was something going on with the way the baby was feeding and did not trigger the supply the way, you know, it needed to be mm-hmm. now that we needed to kind of take care of itself. Um, this is not your fault. And I know that mom said that she feels really bad. Is that what she said in her message yeah, to you? That she, she felt really guilty. really guilty because she felt Aww. like she wasn't feeding her baby enough. That's so hard. And it's not your fault. You just, it's not at all. Like you were feeding your baby. Like you're definitely feeding your baby. Um, something else is just going on there that wasn't identified early on. And that's not your fault at all. That's no, like that is definitely not the fault of the parent. Um, because sometimes you're just not getting the guidance that you need to kind of get through it. And there's a lot of people out there nursing their babies that don't really understand how this works. And that's how I was when I started, when I was nursing my kids, I had no idea how this worked. Absolutely none. Like, why would you? 
It's not your field. It's not what you're doing with your life. You're not supposed to know every single detail of how nursing your baby works. You're just supposed to be able to feed your baby. And that's it. Um, But it's the experts that are supposed to know the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's people who just like have a baby and they put the baby on and the baby nurses and everything works out fine. Just by accident. Mm -hmm. That's how I was. Yeah. And they don't have any idea what they're doing. But yeah. it just like happened to work out. That's like not. That's not, not the norm. No, it's think. not. It's I don't. I mean, I don't know. It might be fifty fifty. But um, obviously, people that reach out to us are people that have problems and are really struggling with something that's going on. Um, and I mean, and of course, the guilt is always there. You know, like we always just feel bad if things aren't going the way that we want them to go. Um. Things that I would tell people is, you know, just keep nursing your baby, pumping that extra stimulation will help to bring your milk supply back up. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of people worry that after a couple months, can I still get milk supply back? Like if you are really diligent, like if we fix the problem and you are pretty diligent about nursing and pumping to, you know, add that extra stimulation. Your supply will rebound more than likely. I mean, I'm not going to give you like, oh, absolutely. You're going to have this huge supply. Like, but a lot of times, yes, it will rebound. So it's really comes down to like, we need to fix the problem though. So the problem has to be identified. And that is, and it sounds like she was kind of doing that. Um, but the bottom line with this episode is like, sometimes you'll see people on like those, those parent groups, those, you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that, where people are like, I have low milk, you know, I feel like yeah. my milk supply is low. And they'll be like, take this herb. It's like, no, yeah. we need to identify the problem. It's yeah, not exactly. that your milk doesn't just go away. Like, and I know this is the second time I've said this, this episode, but that's true. Like it doesn't it just is. like, boom, you're, it's gone. We need to identify what the problem is. There is no quick fix of you can take this cookie, you can take this herb, you can drink this drink and your supply is going to magically reappear. If you legitimately have a low milk supply problem two or three months into your nursing journey, we need to look at what's going on because something caused that problem. Yeah. And most likely your doctor is going to be like, oh, well, you you know, you just... You know, you're drying up, so just have some, just supplement or. Right. I dried know. up at that age too. So yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes your milk supply just goes away. You know, you're just. If somebody tells you that, don't take that as an answer. And that could be your provider, it could be the pediatrician, it could be, you know, the, your, mo- your own mother, it could be, you know, whatever. If you are not comfortable with that answer, then don't just be no, like, thank you an and move that's on. Wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's not an answer. But it should not be, your milk supply should not be just going away after a couple of months. There should be a reason why that's happening. And, you know, we need to figure it out because, I mean, come on, like, this is crazy. Yeah, your body knows what it's doing. It doesn't just stop making milk for a three-month-old baby. Because it just right. decided it was tired. That's not that's not how bodies work. Your body didn't just like stop growing your baby at, you know, three months in because it was just like, mm, I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen. I'm tired. Like I'm it's tired. Just, yeah. I'm it's not too gonna much. do it. 
That doesn't so happen. The, There's a problem. It doesn't. Yeah. So the the things to like come away from this episode are like find out for sure is this a milk supply problem because it might not be in some situation. It sounds like in this situation of this person that messaged you, it was, but sometimes it is just us feeling like I don't feel as full. Um, I feel like my baby's not nursing as long. Um, I feel like, you know, my supply isn't as good. I'm not pumping as much as I was before, but those are normal regulations and your supply is actually fine. So seeing a lactation consultant under those circumstances is really helpful too, because then they can make sure the baby is transferring milk well, make sure the baby is feeding well. That is really important. Um, if it's absolutely a milk supply issue, like if we determine that it's a milk supply issue, then we need to fix that problem and find out what is going on. I will tell parents, like if I see something like a a tongue tie, like as a newborn, and there's a lot of parents who don't want to revise them, which is absolutely fine. There's That is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you do not want to revise your baby's tie, you do not have to do that. But what happens is sometimes people will say, oh, it's a little, it's just a little one. I don't think it's going to impact anything. You'll hear that from the nurses in the hospital sometimes. You'll hear that from your pediatrician. You'll hear that from maybe the pediatrician in the hospital. Like people will say, oh, it's just a little, it's just small. It's not probably not going to impact anything. Don't worry about it. You don't know that. Sometimes the small ones do impact breastfeeding. So what I usually tell parents is, is it has to do with the mobility of the baby's tongue and it is being restricted because of that tie. So Mm -hmm. if the baby doesn't have full mobility of their tongue because of that restriction, that will cause problems over time. Maybe right now they're feeding fine as a one week old, but maybe a month in, six weeks in, they might be getting more tired and they're not transferring milk as well. I have seen that happen too. That is absolutely a thing. And what's going to happen there is now they're not stimulating your supply the way they need to Mm -hmm. because they're not emptying the breast well. They're not feeding well. So that is something that we need to. So I do tell parents that ahead of time, this is what I want you to watch for. And this will tell us if it's a problem. Um, and that way they've got the information and they don't have to do anything if they don't want to, but they can watch for what might be triggers to know, okay, now it's starting to be a problem. The baby's not feeding as well. And with that, you might see like babies feeding all the time, um, not being satisfied, not nursing well, um, falling asleep a lot with the feeds because they're working so hard. Like that is, and that's like after the newborn phase, because all that stuff is pretty normal for a newborn phase. But by the time your baby gets to be like, you know, a month or two months, they're not taking 45 minutes to eat anymore. They're not falling asleep at every single feed anymore. But if that picks up again and that's what's happening, then there's probably an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's lots of info to throw at you. So I think, <laughs> I think we should do an episode um, at some point on delayed milk supply as a brand newborn. You know, like why, why is it that some people are having their milk isn't coming in right away? All right. I'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. I'll and then you it. have people that say, I never got milk, which again, yeah, that's not my a milk thing never either. came in. Milk never yeah. came in. That's not a thing. But there is such a thing as delayed milk. And we like from the very start and we can talk about that. 
It'd be a good one. That would be a good one. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.